0: So it was like it was easier for me to like to, you know, to ease myself into these situations, you know, to 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 boil myself in the in the pot (laughs) slowly versus jumping straight into the boiling pot.
1: Hello and welcome to Did I Do That? It's a podcast about making graphic design and making mistakes, because it's all part of the process. I'm Sean Schumacher, and joining me today, a very special guest. He's a Pittsburgh-born, Oregon-based illustrator and designer who's concepted and created across a wide variety of medias. Media? Media? Medias? Media. <laughs> I should. I could, I could. think I should keep stumbling over it, because that's really going to make it easier to edit. Uh, a wide variety of media over the last 15-ish years, ranging from immersive physical experiences to influencer seating kits to branding, animation, print, web, and more. He's led creative projects for the likes of Nike, Coke, General Mills, the Portland Trailblazers, Planned Parenthood, and EA, among others. And these days, you can catch him spinning records every Saturday night on X-Ray FM, on his show, A Century of Slang. It's Brandon Hritsik. Hello. Hi. Hi there, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful introduction. Uh, thank you so much. Um, so, how? Uh, anything weird happening to you today? How's your day going? Today has been not too bad.
0: Uh-huh. You know, it's great. Anything weird? You know, the, the rain happened today. <laughs> That's... That, that's the weirdest thing that's uh, the weirdest thing
1: believe it or not it is it is uh, kind of as we're recording this the dead of summer uh, mm-hmm. the the period where it is normally just you know 95 degrees plus um, as it was yesterday as, probably exactly <laughs> it was quite hot yesterday and we are back to you know kind of the Portland sneeze of winter um, but yeah that's the weirdest thing that's happened to you today nothing nothing else weird that's occurred well I mean, eh. I mean outside of outside of the the beach, Bean sweatsuit. <laughs> do you okay. So uh for the listener, um do you do you want to describe my look oh, real I, w- quick? I would love to oh, describe please. your look please.
0: So it's a it's a gorgeous all over print top and bottom sweatsuit
1: covered. With beans, bushes baked beans. It, in fact, it is bushes baked beans. The <laughs> the uh, down the leg of this all over print, which has gigantic beans oh, on it. These really beans big are beans not not to scale. No, these are not <laughs> to scale. You would need quite a quite a can to hold all of these beans. Yeah, uh, perhaps um, a can per bean. <laughs> in fact. Oh, God, that would be so horrible. <laughs> you tip the can over, and it just slowly drips out like uh, what's well, uh, like d- 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 the purple kinda Thanksgiving. it Kind of looks
0: like cranberry sauce. Yeah, that's the one. yeah <laughs> the
1: jealous cranberry sauce. But a- the but purple just Thanksgiving. Goo. But a bean. <laughs> yeah. Um, it it says that beautiful bean company down the back oh. and uh, on the oh right on oh. the back gotta do that that bush is best yeah i've got to actually represent for bush uh bush's baked beans oh oh uh good thing to know if you do buy the bush's baked beans merch uh don't put anything in the pockets because it'll just slide <laughs> right out we got real real shallow in there. pockets um i should probably get my phone before i roll over it go for it go yeah. for it i support that professional radio <laughs> this is the way it works that's what
0: it is i mean you know the amount of stuff that i've dropped
1: Mid-show. Yeah, so I picked this up uh, a couple weeks ago uh, Mm -hmm. because I was being advertised relentlessly on Instagram for Bush's Baked Beans merch. I don't know how I fell into the trap of being... The number one potential consumer of Bush's <laughs> baked beans on the Instagram service. I'm not sure what metadata they've collected on me that says this idiot <laughs> you is really going to buy some baked beans. A lot stuff. of Google searches for um, beans. Yeah, so they they have a whole <laughs> very elaborate store. Uh, of things which I'm going to pull up here this is actually I believe the brainchild of Carmichael Lynch Uh, I think we've all seen these weird stunt products out there what I admire about what Carmichael Lynch has done is you can actually buy their weird (laughs) stunt projects this is like a real thing I I do love it. It's just it's so it's so graphic. It it's very graphic. Like the the rendering quality of the beans on this is yeah. so much above my expectations. Even <laughs> like this is like really high quality. <laughs> well, um, so I'm handing you the iPad that contains okay. the entirety of the Bush's Baked Beans store. Um, oh. Look at that. Yeah. There is there's hat. a lot of stuff up there. Yeah. The beautiful bean bucket hat. That's great. I really tried hard to get the bucket hat. That was what they, I, I think, primarily thought that I was going to get. But sure. by the time I got to it, they were sold out. Oh, which is sure. Well, the alliteration is really great. The bean slides are kind of nice. It's just <laughs> the, the footbed of beans. <laughs> it just says beans. Which and I do then, like that. Beans underfoot. Yeah. Just so everyone who kind of comes around you can just think that you're standing on just something <laughs> truly disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest problem with this is sort of the appearance of beans. Um, Fair enough. Th- that's sort of a core issue. I think otherwise this is a perfect 100% A-plus idea. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I, mean, I I support it. I really support it. And in fact, the over-magnified beans
0: that, that do get a little graphic and a little disturbing, I also... <laughs> I am. I am completely <laughs> here for it, and I think it's. I think it's a great thing.
1: Do you think they actually hired a photographer to take this wonderful bean texture could as you, a photo? I like, don't know how else you would do it. Some macro
0: lens. I mean, I guess you could have asked AI to do it. I, I suppose, but I think I. I would hope. I would really hope, and if I found out that they didn't,
1: i was like, I don't want this. Please, if you are out there, I I know we have photographers who listen to this show. If you if you photographed or art directed this photo shoot that resulted in the incredible all over bean pattern yeah. that I'm currently wearing, uh, I would love to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, because did, you did a good, you did a great job, whoever you are, mysterious yeah.
0: photographer. Like the texture on those beans, they're just. Perfect. It looks a plus. beautiful. Yeah, just,
1: yeah. They look real slimy. Oh, so slimy. So slimy. So
0: slimy. Like all the. Yeah, it looks exactly like a, a big baked bean you'd want to put in your <laughs> mouth. It's just it's it's just right there, right for
1: you. I love it. Dude, the button-up shirt ain't too bad. I no, there's. It's such a funny mix of like things that are genuinely kind of respectable, and then I think so. nonsense, absolute nonsense, like yeah. what I've purchased,
0: like the earbud case for example.
1: Yeah, like the little you know the little ear beans. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he's going to put some little ear beans in, uh, think which I think is really adorable. TM, TM, TM. We own ear beans. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Nobody
0: else take that one. That's us. Please. <laughs> uh, well, this is beautiful. I'm really glad you brought this to my awareness because the sweater is also quite nice. The holiday sweater, which is vaguely, it's you could not wear it for the holidays. You could just wear it for the seasonally.
1: There's nothing particularly Christmas about it. Well, the great part is that christmas season essentially starts now is what well, i've learned from stores so enough. uh that you, is true yeah, pretty much you could start wearing it right now if it were not <laughs> you know a thousand percent humidity today. right
0: exactly oh my this is i just love
1: it yeah and they, <laughs> and even the
0: colors of the holiday sweater i just i mean it, it looks vaguely like a hockey hockey jersey but which is
1: not bad I maybe they're targeting the canadian market who knows maybe yeah the canadians love beans <laughs> Perhaps 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 Canadians reach out. Tell us if you love beans. Um I'm asking for a lot of listener feedback on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a little bit of of what's going on in the world of of uh beans um brandon you you biked over here today i did I, I gotta say i i admire that i think you're maybe the first guest who's actually biked here i can't believe that yeah that's crazy well it it could be that i'm usually recording these at an even earlier time which oh, well, might, that, that might, might be something. too ambitious for some folks but well
0: again and i understand but i i like riding my bike yeah that's what it's here for and uh if I can and I was yeah, it was a it was a perfect day for me to do it. And it wasn't like I said, like we talked about earlier. It's not that hot.
1: No, so. it's not it's not too bad. Um yeah, it's it's a it's a perfect day for getting out and remembering what the rest of the year is going to be like exactly. here in Portland, Oregon.
0: It's which I do I know, I know smoky now and i know it's not i i understand that
1: some smoky baked beans but out there at the
0: same time i do love the summertime and so i, I, I just love it and it's so, the
1: thing that makes the rest of it feel worth it yeah, exactly like june yeah. july especially
0: yeah so i don't uh, i don't go easily into that autumn season
1: uh
0: <laughs> is the thing i mean i know it has to happen i can't argue with the weather yeah <laughs> It's, it's going to happen. It's coming. It's coming. Whether you want, whether it, or I want not. it or not. So that's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you're not originally from Portland, right? You are from Pittsburgh. That's, that's I correct.
0: I am not from Portland, but I've been here for quite a while. Uh, but I am originally from Pittsburgh. I was born and raised out, outside of Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh, basically. Um, so I spent a lot of my youth there, and I went to college
1: basically there. Would you, like, first of all, did you use some of the incredible Pittsburgh slang, like Johns? Well, John. okay. I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, that's not a Pittsburgh. that's not a Pittsburgh thing. Oh, I've I've already stepped right in it. So, it's
0: it's okay. It's all right. But, because it's it's easy to mix up, but it's on, that's from the other side of the state. That's a, that's a, that's a Eastern Pennsylvania, primarily Philadelphia thing.
1: I didn't realize that. Okay.
0: uh, So, and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are are very different yeah. aside, on opposite sides of a very large state. Is it the yinz thing? Is the yinz thing Yins. is very Yins, that is very Yinsers. Pittsburgh. We have, this, Yins, we have all sorts of. Yeah, Pittsburgh has all sorts of its own things. John just is the one that's not. Uh, <laughs> but, Stepped right on
1: that landmine, well, which didn't is I? fine.
0: And I, I actually am excited that you gave me the opportunity to explain the two. Please, uh, <laughs> so that's great. Yeah, okay. but yinz is very popular. Uh, just, I wish I had thought about that. But uh, there's like slippy instead of slippery is a popular slippy. one. Yeah. You know, it's outside. It's kind of icy. It's kind of slippy today. Uh, that was that was a popular one. That, that I, seems
1: more efficient. Well, I thought we should I thought all be so. using that.
0: I didn't even think it was that big of a deal until someone pointed it out to
1: me. Why does slippery have that weird extra R in it? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's you, you could slip. It's slippy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, there's a lot of special language
0: that Pittsburgh has, and the, and an accent which I still struggle to really get the the meat of of that of the accent, and like try to, to impersonate it. It's so hard. It's so difficult.
1: Even even as a native Pittsburgher, oh, even you, as you don't native- have the capability to do I,
0: it. I, there's something about it. Like huh. it's very it's very subtle. But if I can hear it from a mile away, I remember uh, I don't know how long this was ago. It was probably maybe ten years ago. I went to. I believe it was either L.A. or Hawaii. It's one of those two. Don't remember which one. <laughs> uh, we went to, but there's the beaches. Th- the thing is, is that it was far away from where I grew up, and I we we were we went we landed and we were on a uh, a, a shuttle from the to the airport to I don't know maybe a rental car place something like that. Sure. And I heard the shuttle driver talking, and I was just like, oh man, I think I recognize that. I recognize the way he said and or something there was like some way he like swallowed a certain <laughs> syllable and i was like and i was like hey are you are do you happen to be from pittsburgh and he was like i am and I was, wow and i was just like and it's it's so it's really recognizable the can be that you small. can you can hear it uh, but i just can't do it for some reason huh. uh and i always admire the people who who are able to really
1: get that i think there's a real there's a real magical skill to that. And I think it's a listening skill. Well, there's, I, I think there's also something just beautiful about regional accents, which oh, are disappearing completely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I still, for the longest time, had a little bit of like kind of the regional accent of my upbringing, which was a little, a little more southern than sure. this. And that is just gone in Las Vegas. So, Las
0: Vegas, okay. So, that's actually quite interesting. Yeah. As well,
1: I didn't realize that Las Vegas had its own type of, uh, Accent. Well, there were there were a lot of people who migrated there from the south. We also had a lot of Utahans. Oh. and so there's there's definitely a very distinctive Utah accent, which I think is still a thing. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I like that. It's very, it's you know, it's very uh, measured. I can't really do it anymore. Sure, um, that's fine. Toy cars at Wendy's. That's <laughs> that's what it sounds like.
0: I think I get it. My my it.
1: mom and grandma were hired to do a commercial once by my dad, who produces commercials, and they. <laughs> for toy cars at wendy's god only knows what the reason is (laughs) but the two of them together had such strong utah accents saying toy cars at wendy's that i guess he played that commercial for the the regional Wendy's people, and they were like, what is this?
0: <laughs> you don't want this. I love that. I mean, it sounds familiar to like a, like a or at least the way you said it, it just like a oh, Midwestern, like it is almost like a Wisconsin-ish type of accent. Very much so.
1: So, yeah, it's it's a little, because I Minnesota, think there's a lot actually. of migration from that part of the country into okay. Utah. So, yeah, yeah. there's there's uh, there's a little Midwestern in there, and there's a little little bit of uh, kind of Southern twang in there, a little uh-huh. drawl. Uh-huh and now that's all gone yeah. from my vocal stylings well, again
0: if you know if you don't use it if you, if you don't hear it every yeah. day is the thing like my mom has it like she yeah. has the the Pittsburgh accent like and I can hear it come out in her my dad Slightly less so. I don't know why. They both they didn't live that far away from one another. It's just it just seemed to happen.
1: Yeah. Just environmentally, maybe exactly. maybe the parents had it mm-hmm. stronger on one side than the other. Exactly. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I think that's like I guess my grandma had it, and like and again like that's proper. Well, my mom's mom, I guess is the better way to put it.
1: But yeah, it's just it's fascinating. Yeah, I love it. So you were you were growing up in Pittsburgh. Like, mm-hmm. what do you remember? Kind of what your first like uh, appreciation of design was, or your first idea yes. of like this might be a thing well, that you could do. I, I thank you for asking that question. And it took me a while to even be aware of design
0: as a thing at all. Uh, that's pretty common. Uh, yeah, I would that's, say that's good to hear because yeah. like I didn't know. And uh, but I think the things that really sucked me in from the beginning were like a a few things like i I collected a lot of comic books as a child oh yeah and comics was you know there's you know there's there's beautiful covers there's a lot of again just illustration inside the way pages are arranged like that's that was a big deal but you know uh like calvin hobbs and carfield and all those types of things and again I, i didn't ever even think of that even as graphic design like didn't even consider it
1: no no and I, I i was influenced by a lot of the same stuff and it made me think like oh cartoonist is a job but mm-hmm. the idea that there would be like this other kind of you know circle around that that is exactly maybe a little bit more um uh, lucrative <laughs> yeah today
0: well it's funny because that was like those were probably the first things that made me aware of art as a thing yeah Uh, like and i viewed design as you know adjacent to art but i then the other thing that happened in my as i got a slightly older was i got into music and i started to collect records
1: or cds was probably what i was collecting at that time and tapes and cds but in a way the biggest delivery form of design to young people yes you could do really cool stuff on albums uh be they records or cds absolutely and that was like what you aspired to do yep
0: Uh, and that probably more than anything else was the thing that made me aware of like oh wow this is this is amazing someone's doing this and i I was like i i love this and this is just and i love i love the music but then i was like there's this whole other element to it and i really got into that and just Focusing on that as, like, a thing. And, like, I loved the way records were designed. I wanted to do that. And then I also, as a child of of that era, I made a lot of mixtapes. Yeah. And as a person who was enamored with cover design, like, what do you do? Uh, you make your own covers for little mixtapes when you're handing them out to, to friends. And so that was probably my first, like, me being a designer was, like, and it was very like, collage type of a thing because I didn't have any. There was no... There was no equipment, there was no technology to use and have a computer. No. Uh, I just had a bunch of old magazines. You know, my great aunt probably had like a pile of forty year old national geographics that I could that I could
1: yeah. get up and, and like. Well and it's start it's all such an analog process. Like I don't think, you know, younger people today would even realize like you know, when you're making a mixtape, it's it is a playlist, but it's not like a playlist. You can't just if you want right. a song on it, you've got to go and get the album, and then mm-hmm. get the tape machine that has two decks in it. So oh. you're recording off of one. Yep, it's a complicated, like precise timing. And if you mess something up, the whole thing's, you know, screwed. So much like that, and yeah, just getting like
0: the gap between the songs right. I was, I would get really anal about it, but like it was. <laughs> But you know, is I had the time to be anal about it, so yeah. i got I got really into it, I just and I loved it and uh and the more I started to like get into that and then I got into the the covers and like making these which I thought at the time were these really cool little things, and you know they yeah. are they then I do appreciate the fact that I did it uh, I haven't
1: seen one in a while, so I don't know but uh. <laughs> But I was proud of them at the time. And you you, you have this beautiful little object at the Mm -hmm. end that you're like, I made this. Yes. And, you know, other people can hold on to it. And it feels all the more special because it it has that character and that quality. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. And, like, that's what made it all so special. And,
0: like, something that just, like, you could not be replicated. Um, I mean, it could be, but it would be hard. (laughs) 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 But, uh, yeah. Uh, So that was probably the way I got into it. Initially was like just doing that over and over again. And but again, like not even but again, not really knowing what that meant. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it to me. It just felt like a thing, a a, a thing that I was doing in my room, like equivalent to drawing dumb little cartoon strips you know that yeah. I would do it was like it felt completely related to that in that it was just something fun like i i could have been play with micro machines but no i was doing <laughs> this instead and i viewed them totally on equal footing uh really yeah and i just didn't think of it as a career or anything um and it wasn't until i was nearly and even my high school there was no I was doing, I mean, I was doing that kind of stuff. I guess I wasn't playing Micro Machines in high school, but I was making I, tapes. <laughs> we could start a Micro
1: Machines club. All we have to do is get into high school, which I'm sure won't be an issue.
0: Probably not. No. no. But I did love my Micro Machines. I did have a lot of those. And uh, <laughs> the guy talks so fast. Oh, he talks so fast. And I love that guy. I, <laughs> man. You got to get Micro Machines. They're really good. <laughs> that was a pretty good impression. I don't think I could be able to do it. But man, he's good and just fascinating individual. Uh I used to love those commercials <laughs> dearly. Uh, but yeah, so so that was how, basically how I started getting into it was that kind of thing and just slowly wanting to get a little bit better at it or not even wanting to get better, but just it just it just you ended up doing that. Like yeah. The more you do anything, you just get better, even
1: if you're not even trying that hard. Even if you don't realize it's a thing you no. could do.
0: Right. Exactly. Oh, and I guess that, that was the other thing I was trying to get to was I'm in high school. I'm doing these things. Even in high school, I had no idea that graphic design was a career or even a thing. I still didn't know. And, uh, you know, I I hear that people tell me that kind of stuff eventually. It's like, oh, maybe I had a graphic design course in high school. We didn't have any of that.
1: Yeah. Same here. I think now there is a little bit more exposure to this. But there's still a lot of folks that I see, you know, coming through here at PSU that, like, had no idea that this was a field in high school and they're they're yeah. young and
0: i think that's not a bad thing yeah. even like i in fact i i think you getting into it and very much not thinking of it that way is such a healthy way to get into it yeah um, so that was basically I, I was in school doing that and then a, a dear friend of mine who was a year older than me when he was Graduating, I was like, well, what are you doing? Like, what are you going like, to do? And, uh, and he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do graphic design. And I was just like, what is, uh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, oh, you know, it's just like, you know, like magazines and stuff. And, uh, and, I, <laughs> and I was just like, magazines and stuff. And I was like, what do you mean? It's like, you know, like you know, what it looks like. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. Like that's that sounds cool. Like I I read magazines. Yeah. Like, I like I read Mad Magazine. I was I was into those types of things. I was like I guess someone does have to put those together. <laughs> and there are like choices between fonts and stuff. And suddenly, like something that had been in front of my face forever, like suddenly cracked open. When suddenly I realized, like, oh, that's a thing.
1: And this is right at your your end of your high school career,
0: right at the end, and like having to decide what I wanted to do. And and it's funny because uh and it just probably just speaks to my age or whatever, uh, but talking to family and it was just like, What are you gonna do in, in college? And I was like, Well, I don't know and they're like, Well, you should you should do computers and I was just like <laughs> and I was like I remember saying that great aunt, I was like, Computers? What does that mean? Yeah. And it was like, you know, working on computers and I was like, Well, isn't everything on a computer? <laughs> <laughs> Which it was, and it, or getting that way, yeah. And, uh, so that was so. Eventually, once I went into graphic design, they were like, "Oh, great! Well, you're getting into computers. Well, it's computers, eh?
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah." So that was eventually, plastics, the future. The,
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's it,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah. So I did that and basically followed that friend to school because he went to a school that he was doing graphic design. It was a really tiny school uh, outside of Pittsburgh. I would say it, but
1: it's no one even knows what
0: it is. <laughs> this is a tiny little Not little,
1: even a name check. Wow. Well, I,
0: I could give it It's like it's called La Roche College, but I don't expect anyone to know what that is. But yeah. but it was a tiny school, a little lower art school that had like a decent graphic design program, or at least that's what my friend said. And when I looked <laughs> and uh when I looked into it, and I was he, like, yeah, he yeah. got
1: his payola at the end yeah, of that. Exactly. Yeah. For uh, a friend, get twenty five dollars <laughs> off your your next <laughs> semester.
0: Exactly. So yeah, so I went there and uh so eventually I I did that, and that was how I went to school for it, and that's how I started to get into it, but really, that was a long winded way of answering how did I get into it but
1: <laughs> uh no, it's beautiful, but it
0: started it started with records and and comic books
1: uh essentially, so you're at college uh like what is your first exposure to like this is actual work then like
0: well, that came pretty quickly like because I mean, it's school.
1: Yeah, so it it
0: all becomes very it, it becomes in that context. It becomes very rigorous, and like you're 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 like here's here's tasks that you're you're that you're given. And it's like okay, this is what you're gonna do, and so it starts to put it all in some type of framework. Uh, the first classes were, and again, I don't know what I haven't been in in college for design in a long time, but. I don't know so I don't know exactly what it's like now, but there was like basic design classes. Yeah. Which in my particular school was basically playing around with black and white shapes. Which
1: is still the case in
0: a lot of schools. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well that's good to hear. Uh because I think it was really helpful. Because like I otherwise I would have just started doing logos or uh or trying to put together a a page of in a magazine, which I don't necessarily know if that would have been put in like the cart before <laughs> the horse in many ways. I was just like, I don't know if this is going to help me. But, but would, editorial is a it hard would.
1: place to start.
0: Uh, yes. Yes, it is. As I've learned later, as I did it a little bit, I did a whole <laughs> lot of little things all over the place. But um, but that was basically me learning what that was but like basically yeah these weird classes with uh design classes where there's again playing with black and white cut out pieces of paper or learning about repetition or you know all those types of uh concepts that you that you end up utilizing so that was basically doing that and then i have other teachers who there was classes our big our big final project which was a really fun one which is like, like called like larger than life you just take a tiny little object and blow it up to 300 times its size as a drawing or no as a thing like you have to like build it like whatever it is and you have to build this huge structure uh not structure we have to build a thing and um so you have to pick something small or if you want to pick something big it could get really big uh (laughs) But
1: um, that's how we got King Kong. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So I, I I picked like for mine, I picked like a little can opener and like this old vintage can opener. And like I worked with my grandfather and built this big can opener out of like wood that we ended up like mounting to the top of one of the buildings on the campus to make it look like it was like cranking off the roof. Of oh, the, my God. Which was, really, which was really cute and really fun. That's amazing. Yeah, I really did. Get, I got a lot out of that. And It was really cute. And the class was great. And the teacher, some of the instructors I had at that school were just wonderful people, and just just beautiful people, and I am just so happy. Uh, Joe Sendek was a teacher. I don't even know. I don't hi, Joe. Know. Yeah, hi, Joe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've lost touch with him I've, in the many years since I've been there, but he's been such a he was such a great guy. Uh, just like this classic, just like woodsy hippie guy where
1: Canadian <laughs> Canadian tuxedo long long blondish reddish hair He's like just such a great guy you I mean he could own a, a really high-end coffee shop now in Portland oh, most likely Absolutely. but he probably wouldn't yeah it's like
0: his his he would probably not even live in Portland I mean, I, he
1: doesn't do the day-to-day like no. he's he's got other people for that <laughs> exactly like, he, he drives out from Longview every couple yeah, of weeks that'd
0: and, be more his style yeah for sure yeah he was yeah he had a, he had a roastery somewhere out there he would deal with that stuff <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, but he was great. So that was like, we did stuff like that. And that was like the first time, like you know, like the classes where I started to like make my own like comic books or story books. And like, again, just thinking of design in other contexts. Yeah. And, um, so that was, those were really great times. And, uh, so that was mine. I did the uh, like I said. I did the um, the can opener. I remember one of the other ones that a person did that I actually took a part in. Talk about mistakes. Oh, it's, uh, um, so I had another dear friend of mine who was decided to do like a little green army man, and uh,
1: and that's kind of that's a lot. Well, yeah, because uh, you're setting yourself up to sculpt a human, which yes, is, which could be not hard, easy unless unless you use.
0: An actual human, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, we, we took the class at different times, and so I wasn't taking the class when he did, and so he was like, "Hey, so, so, like, basically, you're you're making this thing, and you." you install it on the campus and then someone comes by and then they, the teacher brings the people along to like look at it at a, at a particular, like the viewing, the grading time. It's like, oh, everyone's going to walk around and see all these pieces. Yeah. So he decided, like, well, I'm not going to do a permanent installation. I'm just going to use a person and I'm going to use them as the thing. And so, and I was just like, well, I'll help you out. Like he sees that he was working late at night and I like staying up late. And so I was like, I'll help you out. So basically what he ended up doing was like dressing me And just like in clothes and like these long, like they were just like, they were kind of military outfits and he, but he also made like a plaster cast of my face. Oh God. To put that on top of it. And then, you know, green army men, there's not a lot of like great detail there. It's all just like the same flat green. Yeah. Which means he painted the whole thing. So like I was covered in like painted clothes and and, (laughs) and a painted like uh, plaster cast mask and uh, i remember like doing it and like the day of the presentation like i had to stand there and i had all the stuff on and uh and i have this plaster cast mess that's covered in paint that's might not even be dry and so like i'm inhaling just this <laughs> this paint and i remember like the class and like me trying to stand still while everyone's staring at me and like the fumes running through my brain and just like oh boy things are getting dizzy and uh and i think i may have passed out <laughs> like 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 maybe like right at the end of the presentation or right right when it was over and uh that was i was like oh man well, this is
1: terrible did he have a giant magnifying glass hanging over your head maybe <laughs> maybe been, this was part of the uh that the effect that would have been wonderful that
0: would have been great yeah. <laughs> and then to make it even better uh for me uh which was this was during you know these presentations come at the end of a semester which means it's like finals time which means i have another final going on after this oh no. like i have like a i have, like a, a i had like a public speaking class and so like i had my <laughs> the public speaking class final is just like uh what is what do you call that uh like impromptu so like you're just given a, a topic and you have to talk about it oh no and so i remember like okay i remember oh my gosh like i remember like Basically, like stumbling out of that, out of this, me standing as as a fake soldier and like wandering across to the other side of campus. Like I have to get to my class. I have, (laughs) I got, I got
1: this final I got to take. And And you are you are having just. Passed out. I mean, just passed
0: out. I still have like green paint on like the side of my face. And, so uh, you're
1: basically uh, Tobias Fumke. Oh,
0: most likely. Most, <laughs> yes, most definitely. Most definitely. And you I walk in there, yourself Yeah. And I, I think they, uh, the topic I got was like UFOs, which, <laughs> which I thought was like, wow, this is this is kind of funny. Uh, but like I don't remember what I said. I don't remember a whole lot of that afternoon. Like I think the the yeah, those brain cells have been has been have been well evaporated. <laughs> I mean you, you
1: maybe just showing up the way that you were probably kind of spacey, kind of kind yeah. of as though I don't want to say, you know, that that character from the first Men in Black movie that's the, the bug oh, that takes over yeah. the skin suit. Uh-huh. But I looked kind of similar to yeah, that. Yeah. That that may have been Evidence enough for the presidents of of UFOs.
0: Oh yeah, I was pale.
1: Yeah, looked very Co- shifty. Constantly in my constantly asking for sugar water. Exactly, sugar. But yeah, so that was that was a long story. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was excellent, though. Um, so you're, you're getting through your design education. Like, what do you do when you graduate? Where do you go next? So uh,
0: essentially, by that point, I got out of school. I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I, I mean, I knew I wanted to get a job, but yeah. I didn't know what that meant. And so for the first year, I mean, I graduated in 2001 and a, a great time to great be graduating a great time in, and that was no in, problems no problems on the horizon there no. uh so i remember graduating in june or may or whatever and um i i moved back home and i was living at home and then september happened and yeah. that was and i was like oh boy okay this this could be a problem yeah. and um so basically that was Things got postponed a little bit because there wasn't – as a junior designer, I was having a
1: really hard time finding work during that time. Yeah, well, I think people forget that, like, everything kind of stopped for, like, three or four months, pretty much. Most likely. Yeah.
0: Definitely. It definitely felt that way. Uh, And so I was just continually looking for work. Yeah. And and so I was struggling with that for a while. But eventually, I finally found my first job at, like, this tiny little – communications agency out in philadelphia and um i was like okay like this is farther than i was intending on going but i'm gonna do it and this is gonna be great and so i moved out there and uh basically just on my own i didn't know anybody out there and so i just kind of figured it out and and so it was really i had the the company that i worked for was really they were really sweet and um it's just so under, like I was, I was a fish out of water. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like away from, I mean, I'd gone to college, I'd gone away to college, but this was the first time I had like been away. It's some, in some form, like, like this.
1: properly away. Like
0: properly away. Yeah. So I was like, oh boy, this is got to figure this out. But I did. And it was great. And I learned so much at that first job. Like I was doing like, also, I didn't, I was doing logos, I was doing magazines for like the, Multiple Sclerosis Association of America and uh, <laughs> wow yeah doing like those types of things so like these weird I don't know if they were uh, monthly or bi-monthly like 100 page magazines that I was like oh, you got to you got to do these and um it was just me laying out magazines so learning magazine That's layout and like how that all that stuff works but fortunately you know it was it was just like a, a magazine for a nonprofit so like design standards weren't like totally weren't like super high but yeah. it was
1: like but it was a wonderful way to learn all of this stuff because you're just constantly having to iterate. Like yep. you have some hundred pages in each issue, yes. and you got to pump out yep. a couple issues every month. I'm guessing like well,
0: you, well, not a couple issues every month. It was like a well, like an issue every two months. I okay, think. all so right. It was a little more reasonable, but it took a long time to get all of that, yeah. pull all that information together, and because you know you're working with I'm working with people who are like some people are like writing the articles and like, or at least editing them, and you're pulling in like high res PDFs for ads that you have to lay into these. These monstrous files <laughs> that were that were like crashing my system like regularly, and so it was it was billboard size is
1: okay for ad delivery, right? <laughs> exactly. You wanted it billboard
0: size. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like billboard size sometimes would be better than what we got, which was like oh, that's true postcard stamp oh, size. God. So it's just like this looks terrible. Like, do you know this looks terrible? <laughs> and uh, so there's a lot of a lot of that, like f- struggling through those types of things, but great learning, you know, as far as figuring out like large form magazine uh, uh just structure and figuring out layout and uh brand guidelines and, and all of those things where i didn't know any of that at the time and so it was just it was it taught me a whole lot really quickly and uh it felt very stressful because like again like you're working with these huge files full of possibly corrupted like pdfs yeah you know, like you're hoping it doesn't and then when you're exporting your final files and things are crashing and again like it, it taught me a lot about stressful situations
1: 2001 would you have been on quark doing this
0: too i the crashiest was program on, there ever i was. did i did work on quark at that time yeah that was that was exactly when that was and uh that was uh, it was tough yeah <laughs> <laughs> no other way to not, put it
1: not famed for its reliability quark no express
0: no not at all when, so- when
1: there's like a subversion of a of you know third level point version and that's the only version that's reliable. That's it's, a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. It's a
0: problem. And uh yeah, so we did that. I did that for a while doing those types of things. And yeah, it was we did like a couple different magazines, I think we were we were pumping out because it wasn't just that one, it was a couple other ones. Um but it, again it was it was fun and I felt like I was really doing something. And and also since it was like a non profit, there was very little oversight.
1: Yeah. Which
0: to me, was really exciting. So I was just like, I am I can do whatever I want. Like, no one's telling me to, to do anything. Like, no one's telling me not to do this. And I was like, <laughs> I can do this. So it was really, uh, so I was able to, I mean, yeah, did it look great? I don't know. Probably not. I probably wouldn't be too proud of it now. But the point is, like, I got to do it, and it was amazing. And, like, I learned so much. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just doing all that, was it was just very powerful as far as a learning tool. Uh, I learned more probably in those two years at that place than oh, four years of college. Well, and I think that's
1: almost like the kind of perfect place to, to yeah. start as a junior designer, where you have that that freedom to learn yeah. and iterate and just churn out work. Absolutely. And get over the terror of, like, putting something into print too, yeah. which is huge. Oh, absolutely. And like, You uh, have a press deadline. You gotta meet yeah, it. Yes, <laughs> you have to meet it. You have to. And yeah. so, you
0: know, there was, you know, we weren't it wasn't like super, it wasn't like ad agency, like, late night type things. Yeah. Uh, like, would have that would eventually happen to me, but at that stage this was it was a slightly lower stakes, so that made it a little bit easier, but the pressure was still there, and the levels of complexity were still there and uh so that was great, and the the owner of the company was really sweet, so I didn't necessarily have to deal with big egos, uh, which I know can also happen sometimes, oh yeah um. I'm sure any designer would know that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but again, like I got out of school and I was certainly a little gun shy. And I was just like, I don't know what kind of environment I want to get
1: myself into. Yeah. As far as like my first job out of school, because I still felt a little shaky. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think. You may have also had the thing that I see a lot of students have, which is that that feeling of your first job is going to be the job that defines the rest yeah, of your life. Absolutely. Instead of this is a job that you're going to be in for maybe two years at most. At
0: most. Yeah. At most. And and I didn't. And I thought that too. And I and I definitely had that in in mind. And a lot of people definitely I, that I graduated with were definitely of that same. So it's like this is this means everything. If this doesn't work out, like I'm done. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is. Is that it's, that's not, that's not true. But also there was a lot of people that I may have graduated with that never got much farther that yeah. like they, you know, there's a lot of kids that I graduated with that like graphic design, like just didn't stick for a long term thing. And they just kind of moved on to some other role. And then that's actually what a lot of teachers told us. Yeah. <laughs> it, like a lot of you won't really stick common. with this. Like, and I, was, I remember thinking, I was like, well, are you serious? Like yeah. uh, all of this, we're not going to do it. Um, But I get it now. Um I did stick with it and I'm glad that I did, but I can also see why it's like anything else, it's any career might not be the right fit for everyone. <laughs> and this is an interesting again, if you get into it reading comic books and record covers and that's that's your drive, and you don't then now you're doing multiple sclerosis association of American <laughs> magazines. I was like, well maybe this is this what I yeah. wanted to do. But at the same time, like I I, I could see that there was a long road ahead of me and that I just needed to be willing to be on it. Yeah. And that was the important part.
1: At, at what point did the kind of path start to fork for you where you're like, I need to maybe go into a different role?
0: So that happened after, well, after a couple of years of being there, I had a friend who lived out in Portland and okay. the friend was like, you know, it's really cool here. And uh, it's, it's, it's really neat. It's a really cool place. And this is like, I don't know, on this was 2005 something like that i don't remember um and i was like oh okay and i i love philadelphia and i still do and i didn't necessarily even want to leave but uh i also realized i was like well i should probably if i'm going to make a move like that i should probably do it now before i don't know i start piling on responsibilities and a shift like that becomes harder
1: yeah and i i mean i think 2005 too this would have been like an era where it's really cheap to live in Portland. Oh, for sure. Maybe even cheaper than Philadelphia. It was at the time. Yeah. And like, you know, a lot of opportunity, a lot of desire for creative like folks out here. Yeah. That like there wasn't the need being met yet for mm-hmm. people. And like Portland was really cool and it was on the West
0: Coast. Again, I was still heavily I I mean, I always have been, but I was then too, I was heavily into music. And it was like <laughs> there was also this place had there was so much music going oh, on yeah. here and bands that would come through here. And it felt like it was more than even Philadelphia, which seems silly because Philadelphia is a huge hub of everything. But um, but I wanted to get the opportunity to move. And so I did. And so I just kind of I moved out here without anything. And so tried to just move out here and figure it out.
1: Oh, you just brought nothing with you. It was just I quit my job and just moved.
0: And so there was, you know, I had a bunch of weird jobs when I first moved here, too, like it was i moved out here and it was like like four steps backwards yeah. at first at first and but a lot of that was just because like you said i knew nothing i knew not, i had I knew nothing and so i had to kind of build everything up from scratch again um so yeah when i first moved here like my first jobs were i was working as like a, a temp as like a file boy in a for a paper company um, like I was literally working in like a, a mobile home in a warehouse because that was oh. where the, that was where
1: the offices were. Oh Okay. I've seen that. Yeah. It's a big
0: warehouse and you can't heat the whole thing and people are going to work in there. So they have to create this little smaller space. And, uh, so I was working in this mobile home in a warehouse, like just do, doing fileboy stuff for like a little bit, not that long, probably, you know, seven or eight months until I was really starting to panic. Like I need to, I need to actually exercise my design stuff. I'm going to forget it. So, uh. So then eventually after that, I found I found my first design job, which was, like, a production designer job at, like, a food company. Oh, really? Out in, like, near Gresham.
1: Like, doing, like,
0: labels or? Well, like, kind of like labels, like, sale, sales sheets. Oh. Uh, it was, like, this company that makes soup. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and...
0: Uh, so there's a company that makes soup and they made soup for, you know, like if you go to Safeway and you go to buy like their their private label soup, uh, oh, this sure. is a company that would make that soup. Interesting. And so basically I was, yeah, again, just really just... Simple stuff. It wasn't even the labels. It was like sales sheets and stuff like that. Behind the uh,
1: scenes, very behind the scenes stuff. Very B two B.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, it was fine, but at least at the very least, I told myself, at least I'm actually I'm working the programs. I'm not forgetting this stuff. Yeah. And then after that, after like a year of that, I moved on to Planned Parenthood, which is when I got hired on there. Which I was a, I was really happy about that one. That was a, it was a big step up. I was like, uh. I was, working in design again, like real design. I was like I being hired to be a designer, not just a production designer. And
1: uh and so And I, a place with a mission too, which you a kind place of with the mission. didn't get to have in the other jobs. No, I certainly
0: did not. And so this felt like a really a fun opportunity, uh to 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 have that. Yeah. Right. And you know, and the mission part was was a really nice thing. Yeah. And a lot of people who work there definitely felt that way and really and believed that way. And That's... they were they were really into it. Um so that was really great and i really admired that um for many years but it's also it after you work in a while, it's
1: also just a job too yeah so it's just a job and a non nonprofit, job, and a non-profit at that, job which is uh, it it wears on you it wears on you a lot and you, you like, put on some city miles it, a non-profit job absolutely no <laughs> doubt about it so yeah there's a lot of yeah not
0: good pay um the benefits are great but uh but but again like it was still fun and i Got to do interesting things. And uh, you know, a lot of it was, you know, they they have lots of fundraiser events. So it's like you're working on letterheads and posters. Oh, and, yeah. And but you're also working on like wayfinding signage for the different clinics around and and, and stuff <laughs> like that. So again, once again, really learning uh brand guidelines. You know,
1: like yeah, again, yeah. these are the things
0: that are, are really starting to stick and I'm starting to learn. And like you you have to design annual reports every year. And I was really getting interested in like Annual report design because like I really enjoyed that process. Again, it was it spoke to my the magazine days, but a well, little but this bit also easier. would have been the
1: heyday of annual report. It was like oh eight oh nine, like infographics yep. like explode. And, yes, you know it, everyone wants to have a really cool annual report again.
0: It's true, and so you're learning how to do that without. Um, necessarily because you're working in a nonprofit, so there's not a lot of money. Yeah. And so, like, you're trying to accomplish stuff with very small budgets. Were you the only
1: designer there? I was then? the only designer. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy because that, even then, they would have been really big. Well, so I should clarify a little bit. So, uh,
0: this was not like Planned Parenthood National. Yeah, That was its own the, thing based the in New regional. York. This was Planned Parenthood Columbia, Willamette. It was our regional thing, which serviced yeah. uh, uh, Oregon and Southwest Washington. I don't know how many clinics th- there are in that area, or there were at the time, but there was probably, I don't know, 17 or something like that. That's pretty big. It was a lot. And so there was a lot, again, yeah, wave finding signage, you're doing events uh, and all that kind of stuff, But I, which I enjoyed. And yeah. once again, as the only designer... And the only person above me was, like, a marketing coordinator. So there was no creative director or art director. Yeah. I was that person. And I. And they're often
1: deferring to you for, like, those types of decisions time. because they don't yeah. know.
0: And so I was going to them at first. I was like, oh, what do you think of this? And they're like, oh, I think it's okay. And so after a while, I was like, oh, wait, I'm that guy. I'm the person now. And I was like, okay, all right, great. Like, I guess that's what this feels like. And um, so basically just, like, coming to terms with things, like, really – easily and slowly of at, at my own pace, and yeah. so that was really that was really nice and I, it to me it worked it worked for me um, uh, so I could be an anxious guy, so it was like it was easier for me to like to you know to ease myself into these situations you know to, to, to boil myself in the in the pot slowly <laughs> versus jumping straight into the boiling pot <laughs>
1: That's that's nonprofit life for you. Yeah. It'll it'll boil you real slow. Exactly.
0: Uh yeah. So I did that for many years. I did that for almost five years. And wow, uh that's a long time. It was time. a long time. And it was a long time and I realized that there because there's a lot of people who had come and gone in that period of time. But eventually I started to realize that I was like, Well, I think I want slightly more of a challenge and I'd like to get paid better. Yeah. And uh that was that was the other part. So then I started to like to tip my toes into like, well, what are these agencies like? This is the thing that I had been desperately avoiding and trying to push away from me for for geez, many years at that point. But then I was like, all right, I'll see what I can do. And uh, and so then I found a job at this other there's this other agency in town uh, that was like a retail design agency, and I was like, okay, I'll give that a shot. Yeah. And uh, like they interviewed me, and I I got in. And at at the time there it was this is and this is where things start to get. Really, uh, all over the place. Um... <laughs> yeah! Uh, like if, if they weren't, you know, because before it's, you know, whatever. It's it was a it was a process to get there. But then at this job, like I got hired on, it was like a, a, a strategy agency within the retail agency, which was okay. like so they were kind of divorced. They were they were the mobile home inside the warehouse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so basically, they, they had their own. They were like very strategy based, and so we I was like hired for that and working there, and that was where like all my fears about what an agency would be like like i was like oh these are all real these are all real fears and this oh, is no. this is a real this is a real thing and egos are real things yeah. and creative directors can be not fun and uh you know uh, so i learned a lot in that first year it was like suddenly you know it was 60 to 70 hour weeks just Ugh. grueling just punishing it's like oh not you know half the time is like don't don't do personal th- don't have a personal life <laughs> That kind of stuff, all the <laughs> negative things you hear, so I like, did that for a while, and that was tough um but uh, I met a lot of really sweet people there, and that was really great uh and so the, a lot of the other designers and it which was just so eye opening to me because, as I may have described from my other jobs like i didn't wasn't really working with a whole lot of other designers, I was like the sole person in all these places, uh but then suddenly, I had all these other people around me, and it was so. Enlightening and uh, so wonderful to hear what everyone else was doing or inspired by, or just other creatives who are just ridiculously creative. Yeah. And, uh, and that was so powerful. Um, At a great time
1: to at a great be doing time. that here, yeah. too. Like, absolutely. You actually have a network now and, yeah. Like, absolutely. Can tap into it.
0: Yes. And so I was there for like a year. And then the creative director I had who wasn't my favorite creative director, like, ended up leaving. He quit, and moved on to another job. Oh, what a shame! And I was like, oh, what a shame. But then, like, the whole strategy agency just kind of fell apart. Oh god! And, gosh. Like, just,
1: <laughs> oh, and no. it just ended
0: without. It, it turned out, like, turned out the whole company was just called a cult of personality, and that little thing just <laughs> kind of stopped, and uh, it ended, and basically, <laughs> but it, but it was okay because. Even if it was – because like I said, it was within this other company. And so once it dissolved, we just kind of got absorbed into the rest of the company. Okay. So – which wasn't the worst thing in the world. But no. then that was when I got – so it went from very strategy-based things, which again, like talking about – just talking about decks and uh, just, just making decks. Just making decks with words and pictures and that's what it was. Nothing like – Tangible was coming out of any of these things, which is fine. Whatever, yeah. that's a job. That's a job like any other.
1: But the house falls away like in a Buster Keaton short. Yes. and all of a sudden you're doing real stuff.
0: Doing real stuff. So I'm pulled into doing retail work. So a lot of it was doing working for Nike, like doing like small store window banners and stuff based on larger. And so it kind of like it kind of felt a little productiony at first. And I was like, okay, this is fine, but yeah. this is what it is. I'm glad I still have this job. So I was like doing that for a while, but then. Gradually, like the work began to change while I was there and get better.
1: Oh, uh, this is this that is, doesn't happen very often. No,
0: and I, in fact, this was like it, it's not. In fact, when I tell people this story. <laughs> most people are not anticipating it goes that direction, but it got. I stayed at this job for eight years. Wow! And it was to me, it just got better yeah. throughout that time. Where like at first, it started with window. Uh, bannered stuff at first which was a lot of fun but then the stores got more complicated and you're building out real stores and it was becoming more creative and um eventually i'm trying to remember when this came along but uh we had our first seating kit started to happen and to me for me like that was the stage where like most of my career changed uh nike was releasing a new shoe Okay. And it was gonna be a special colorway of this shoe, like very limited colorway. And this but this colorway has like a story behind it. Like, you know, so the shoe has a story. How are you gonna tell that story? And like so basically a seating kit is a glorified shoe box, But like <laughs> But it's really what it's but it's really but it's really fun. And like it's a way to tell a story with graphics in this box, essentially. And like um and like you get the throw in other elements uh again your bean sweat sweatsuit that would go so perfectly into a a, a bushes seating kit like oh absolutely example, like it would be perfect for it like well, that's
1: and that's like this is the kind of thing I was talking about like it you would see those things on very limited yeah. production runs. Where I mean, how many of those were you making for each thing? Like, what? Oh, not very uh, many. Yeah, oh, very few. It's, like, what's crazy about this is they made it for regular people to buy. Right.
0: Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, you do these, you do these yeah. seating kits, these small runs, and you put them out there, and you know, it's mainly just for Instagram, essentially. Yeah. So someone opens it and they show it to you, and it's like, look at all the stuff that you can not have, and uh, <laughs> that, that I can, and. uh but basically, like, this type of thing, like, makes sense. So it's just like, oh, people want this. People actually would want to buy this stuff. And, like, these ideas are just, like, just weirdo ideas. Yeah. And so that was what was so fun about it was just, like, it was just, just weirdo ideas. So it's like, come up with just some weird stuff that you can that you can put together in this interesting box, and then someone gets to open it on screen. That's beautiful. And uh, to me, like, that was one of the most fun things. Yeah. Like, just the concepting of it and... Getting to sit in a room with four or five other people and just throw ideas at a wall and then like try to craft that into something, which was just it was so wonderful, uh, at least for me. And
1: yeah, would you like what would you get story wise about the shoes like when you were figuring them out? Like, would you have to create some of that yourself? Sometimes. Sometimes
0: you would. But a lot of the times the story was well established by nike well if nike was telling the story it was pretty yeah. well let's put it that way because we did them for different companies but the nike ones they they have a they they know how to tell a story yeah. and they they know how to do that and so when it would come from them they would usually have a pretty well honed story behind it so you knew kind of what the story needed to be this is like you know this colorway is inspired by uh, uh kevin durant's love of music and you know where he grew <laughs> up in, in in washington dc or outside or whatever it is that's the idea essentially yeah. so these are the type of things that you these are the loose storylines so there's like but how do you pull that together like what does what does a love of music what form does that take
1: <laughs> so it's was a like, great question so it's a
0: really it's a real conceptual exercise which is something that i learned that i really liked like yeah. in fact like that was the thing that i think i like one of the things i liked about graphic design the most was just the concept like being strong was the most important thing the execution like you could work around that and like it's always nice to have it great but a great concept carries a thing yeah carries a thing because that's the thing that feels
1: like that's going to make your brain light up it's the thing that you have to start at because like it solves all the other problems It solves all the other problems much easier ways than you could do just hammering at it yeah because you
0: can do it the other way but sometimes it's it just feels like a waste of effort. Yeah. Uh. But this was great, and so like I started to do that. Like so, the first couple were like you know these uh, seating kits. The very first one I didn't even get to work on, but it's a set of three for like uh, Ken Griffey Jr. And like he had like this new this shoe that was an old shoe of his that was he was getting into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so they were releasing like these three different shoes with three different colorways and
1: three different seating kits. Oh, so it's not just an old shoe that he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want this anymore. Well, no, it
0: wasn't that, it wasn't exactly that. But no, Nike was selling them. And so this was the way for them to really get into it. So basically that was what it started off with. And so we did these, just these three beautiful boxes. And uh, I was working with this other designer that, uh, his name's Brian Madden. Uh, he's just, hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. He's just, he was just an incredible person to work with. Just like, I'm very fortunate I had time to like work in those types of things with this guy. Cause he was just so creative. And uh, so that was how I started doing it and learning all of that. And um, so Basically, it just kept happening, and we had some success doing them, and they were going very well, and so we just kept getting more seating kits and gradually like that that business started to grow like wow. at first there was one, and now suddenly that was all I was working on uh like at this company where i was before I was doing like you know retail store build out type things, and now it was just this yeah and uh and I didn't mind. And I was just like, I think some people might not have wanted to do it over and over again. But to me, I was just like, this is the coolest thing. I, I could just keep doing this. And so and so that was just what I did. And it was just over and over again, uh, just concepting interesting boxes for different companies. Or no, a couple different companies, but mainly Nike. Like yeah. it was, that, that was the main thing because they definitely.
1: They do a lot of they do those kinds of things. They do.
0: Yeah. So that was really great. And I think, yeah, I, I got so much out of that. And um, it was just fun and silly. Most of the times it was just silly, like you know, it's like there was a, the, one of the ones they did was uh, it was for a um, Kyrie Irving. I know that he's a he's not a most beloved uh, basketball player right now, but oh. it, at the time he was. Fine. He was not not quite so controversial, but the thing was, he was coming out with a movie because he was well, he was uh, Uncle Drew. I think was his character. He was a it, that was interesting too.
1: <laughs> Uncle Drew was like what?
0: It was a Pepsi commercial okay. from like several years earlier, where he played like this old man who oh, no who would play basketball like on like the, He's doing a on the courts. Yeah, well it was basically that. So he did that and uh and that was a Pepsi commercial, but then eventually they're gonna make a movie out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and they were turning it into the movie and to promote this movie, like then suddenly Wheaties got involved because Wheaties was gonna put Kyrie Irving and Uncle Drew on the cover of the box. And so they were
1: What madness is this? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: And they're like, oh, sorry, so you're gonna do this box. You're gonna do this seating kit. It's gonna involve Kyrie Irving and Uncle Drew and Wheaties and the shoe, and you get like tie tie this all together. And so sometimes it would just be that like that's the story, and like these are the elements of the story. Like we have try this to tie puzzle, this together. it's
1: disassembled. you yeah, figured out
0: exactly. So I got to again uh, a lot to work with some very very dear, r- r- incredibly creative designers. to, so, like just come up with this idea and like pull this all together. And we basically came up with this big shoe box that you know. Uh, that was essentially the shoes were, you know, wrapped in like that cereal bag that you have to you have to tear <laughs> that open. Again, like all of these little That's elements crazy. which were like so important. We were like thinking, it's like what's the most important part about a cereal box? It's like or the cereals, like when you tear open that thing and yeah. like the cereal pops out. So at first we were actually trying to get put cereal into the bag. So with the shoes, shoes like the price so inside. It, so it would explode. But they're wow. like, Yeah, we don't want to get crumbs in our shoes. It's like, oh, yeah, fair that's enough. fair. That's fair. So but I was like, well at least we need to tear it open. Like that needs to happen. You have we have to have that. And so that was really that was really fun and just so impactful. And again, and it was very successful. And it was something that just kept me going down
1: that road. Um, what ultimately made you want to step away from that?
0: Well <laughs> Um. So, what made me want to? (laughs) Oh. Well, so this uh, this is another one where I can just give you a date and it will probably make sense. Okay. Uh. So basically, I did that and it was going very well for a very long period of time, and then uh, 2020 came along.
1: Oh. (laughs) No. You know, actually, it's not ringing any bells. 2020. (laughs) Twenty twenty, like vision, right? Perfect vision, kind of like like that year. Uh Hmm.
0: So I don't think of anything. uh, So that happened, and yeah, it that all kind of came to a screeching halt, and uh, that's when things changed. Yeah. So basically, after that point, I I was gone from that company and started to do freelance, and so that's why I kind of got into that world for a little bit during the pandemic, and so that was where that kind of led me to, and so I was like, okay, well gonna start learning to do other things now so and which was fine uh i was perfectly capable and in fact at that period of time uh i had grown up doing a lot of drawing and sketching and illustrating and i loved it but i also when i learned about graphic design i put it aside and i thought i was like well this isn't going to help me and uh, i didn't and i didn't do it and i
1: happens to a lot of folks with a lot of folks like I've never come back to it, and even though that was where I started,
0: sure. Like I think yeah. a lot, I think that happens with a lot of people because there's, there's it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of there there yeah. that you can do anything with. But when I was at this company making these seating kits, I was also working, like I said, with a lot of really creative and really talented illustrators, and there wasn't a lot of illustration work to be done necessarily for the stuff, but. There was, like, concept illustration. And so yeah. – and then I was like, well, like, maybe I can try to – I was also a little nervous about bringing illustration into a professional environment where I had only done it, like, on my own, like, at home for fun. Yeah. Like, there was no deadlines. So I didn't have to worry about that. So I was kind of
1: timid about, like, pulling that into the environment to, like, to do that. Well, and it's, like, unsupervised, too. mm mm-hmm. and- to bring it into, like, a critique environment is like, oh, no. Oh. Very different.
0: Yeah. And I was like, exactly.
1: I know, I know how this other stuff's going to play, but I, uh, this is just yeah. a blank slate.
0: Exactly. Like, I didn't know, like, what, what would it take? Like, what kind of feedback am I going to get? Am I going to have to do this? Am I going to have to resketch everything? And I was like, how fast can I do this? Like, those yeah. types of questions were coming into it. So I started to, to get involved in that, and I would play around with the sketching. But what it really enabled me to do it faster was the iPad. <laughs> and, oh yeah and procreate. Like so the, the dawn of that was what really brought that element of my career back. Where it's like, oh, I can do this faster and I can move this into things so much faster. And I think that made me feel a little more confident about it. So I ended up doing a lot of that and really starting to push that aspect because i was doing like concept illustrations that's how i came up you know all the boxes were just me drawing boxes and like putting stuff on there and i got so much out of that and i was like i just love this yeah and like i just want to keep doing this and so um i would was a graphic designer who i could illustrate and so i would just keep doing those things and so a lot of at that company like there was a lot of different projects where like you know just do this do this t-shirt. We're doing this outing. Make a t-shirt for it. And and I was just like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring it on. I'll <laughs> let me do those things. And so a lot of that stuff and I just wanted to keep doing it. And um and I ended up learning that it was a skill that was great to have and that people kind of wanted it. Uh, which also brings me even to x-ray because i've been wanting to get involved in x-ray to get a show for a long time but i couldn't like get in
1: yeah so we should probably explain what so x-ray is like a local fm radio station that you know people can essentially pitch shows to and become djs that's right but it's also broadcast online so you can listen to it from anywhere
0: you can listen to it anywhere it's our local community radio station i mean we have a couple now we actually have We do. Several. Um, The first one that everyone usually knows is um, K-Boo. The OGs, they've been
1: around like- For years. 40 years, maybe? Maybe. Something like that?
0: Something like that. And I remember at first when I moved here, I wanted to get involved because whenever I was in college and after college, I I played around being in college radio and stuff like that because I really enjoyed that. Again, because I love music and I love records and collecting records. So Mm -hmm. it was like that really spoke to me. So I wanted to get involved in it again. And I found Kabu was really hard to get
1: into. Yeah,
0: uh, there's th- that's very difficult. And but actually, I thought, well, I'll try this because I saw when it finally started, like 2014, I think.
1: I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Um. So. Uh, so I basically wanted to start getting involved in that, but I but it was hard for me to get in at that stage. And I was like, I I would apply for shows, and I wasn't getting I wasn't getting anywhere. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I don't know anybody there, so maybe that doesn't help. So then eventually I was like, well, I'm going to take a different tact. And I was like, if this isn't going to work, I was like, maybe I'll try to volunteer and, like, I can do – maybe I can, like, offer my design skills and illustration skills. Maybe they could use that. And I was like, that's – I'm sure not everyone's reaching out to them and asking them to do that, so maybe I'll do that. Yeah. And um, they responded – very quickly to that. And I'm like, oh, sure. And uh, that was like where this came from. I was like, I got to do this. Oh, that's like, your... That was You're mine. wearing a, so, a
1: very beautiful X-Ray FM shirt with a classic boombox yes. on the front. And so that's your illustration. That's mine.
0: So like, wow. from like a couple years ago, they had like a spring fundraising drive. And so in every year, they... They do like a T-shirt for it. And they're like, oh, do you want to do that? And I was like, I most certainly want to do this. (laughs) Like, this is exactly the type of thing that I want to do. And I was like, I'll do it. And so, again, like, they were pretty open about what it could be. Like, it needed to be, you know, it needed to be not music-based. That was what. That was the only okay. thing, because there's talk, because there's talk radio in the morning. So, yeah, so they true. needed. So it needed to be, it needed to encapsulate both. I was like, all right, well, the boombox does both, so like, we'll, we'll do that. So essentially, I got to do that, and I got to do a couple other, like I just illustrated like a thank you card and things like that. So I got to do those things, and I was really excited, and they were really happy. And so the next time I applied to get a radio show, got right through.
1: Hey! <laughs> and I was like, all right, like, this well, is great. And that's the power of like, you know, it's one thing to just apply for things, but if you know folks on the inside and can say, like, hey, I want to do this, yeah. what are some tips and tricks, or just, just have them know your name, yeah, it's, it can be really helpful.
0: It's probably the most obvious thing, and the thing that I just refuse
1: to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the most obvious thing, but it's the most terrifying thing, It is too. the most terrifying thing. Because it's like, you know, it gets into that thing of, like, networking, which mm-hmm. just never feels great. No. But... It's really important, and
0: if you could figure out a way to, I mean if it doesn't feel natural to you, which it didn't to me, which is why I was like, I needed to find a way to make it feel more natural, and yeah. in that way, I was like, oh, I'm just going to offer this as a skill to them and see how that works. And it, and it worked. Yeah. And like that opened up the doors.
1: And probably coming from nonprofits too, you know, you know the yeah. value of volunteer I that, work.
0: <laughs> I absolutely did. And so like I knew that it would work well. And so I was like, okay, like this will be great. And it was really helpful. And it was really lovely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Had, so wh- how long has uh, Century of Sling been going now? So not that long. It's oh. all, it's
0: only been going on since December. Really? So, uh, so it's it's been going concern for, what is it now, August? So nine months uh ish so yeah, um, like i said i've I've done radio shows throughout again like college and then after college, I did it a couple of times, but uh and i I just love it, and yeah. I, was, again, I just i just like. I just like listen to music, and so this is just an extension of that. And I was just like, it's just a fun way
1: to just to basically make playlists every week, yeah, to play it. Like, I I was thinking about that in relation to you talking about like mixtapes being where you Mm -hmm. started. Like in a way, this is kind of doing that on a larger scale. It
0: is almost exactly that, and you're
1: you're (laughs) like packaging it up with beautiful artwork every episode. You know, that's that was the other
0: part about it that I realized would be really great was just like, oh. I could do the show and this is a vehicle for me to do more design and illustration. I remember there's, there's a band, uh, what was it? A uh, galaxy 500. Oh yeah. You may know. And, I know uh, very well. And I, i always remember from when I was really young, uh, uh, Naomi Wang, I believe her name is in, in the band, uh, is a graphic designer. Oh, and, Oh, that explains a lot. And she did all of the work for them. And yeah. I remember whenever she, joined the band she didn't even i don't think she really even knew much how to play instruments but she they asked her to join and she was like well i think this would be a good way for me to do design work (laughs) this is this is like being in a band is like it's like you have all this this great ways to to put your work out there and i think this is the way i should do it and i remember thinking about that a lot and i was like that's such a really that's a really interesting idea like that's true yeah and uh and so that, to me, like, that was what this was. It was just, like, a way to do more of that stuff. And I have, and it's my thing. And I can, you know, and I, and it can be whatever I want it to be. And I, that's really exciting.
1: That's, it's beautiful. And I, I mean, I'm glad that you are actually really, like, making it happen and putting it out every week. And, which is hard. <laughs> it's not easy. I, but, like, to to be able to assemble an episode like that and share it out like it's mixtape and broadcast yeah. it, it. It's such a special thing.
0: It's really fun. And. To me, like just X-ray is a is a wonderful thing, yeah. And I and I'm just so happy that it's around. And to me, like one of the most important things to do for me is to is to help out, is to like is to be in support of of those types of things. Like if I do nothing else, like that is the most that's one of the most important things. So I wonder like you know foster X-ray as yeah. like as a thing because I don't want it to go away. Even if I like burn out and can't do this anymore. Like, I'm just so happy that they're there.
1: And I think it's really important, too, to, like, support community media, which, yeah. you know, we we have been watching newspapers around the country disappear. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, these kind of volunteer organizations like X-Ray and, you know, like like other things around KBU, yeah, like they're providing a really valuable service. And, you know, especially in regions that are less served than ours, mm-hmm can be even more valuable because it might be the only source of news. It's true. Or well it's, media. Also, it's also
0: kind of strange, uh in, you talk about the newspaper thing yeah. because you're right, those things are also dying. Uh but like, it's interesting because radio also seems to be dying. Yeah. Commercial radio uh, like, commercial radio seems to unwell. be dying. Which is interesting because it's given the opportunity for people like X ray to to get on, because like you're, you're working with a dial. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the thing. You, yeah, you could do internet radio and that's a thing and that's great for everybody. But a lot of the times I feel like being able to just have it there on a dial that you could tune in that like you don't necessarily need to have a phone or the internet to connect to. Yeah. It's this piece of equipment just that's just it's like just there.
1: ancient and it
0: works yeah, and it and, works. And so you're now able, like X Ray and these other people are able to like sneak in there because these other companies are leaving and selling off their portion of the dial, and now, and since maybe the value isn't as high, people are s- scooping them up. Yeah. kind of like Lloyd Center right now.
1: Well, that <laughs> it, that was exactly the metaphor that was in my head, is like, and and even thinking back to like Portland circa 95, 96, yeah. like, you know, this was not a hot hoppin' city then, just as, mm-hmm. you know, Lloyd Center is maybe not at, although it's it's gotten a lot better than it was, say, two or three years ago, but like- there is so much opportunity in that yeah. to like do cool stuff and make projects happen that couldn't happen. Otherwise it is
0: so fun to see yeah. like, yeah, you're right. It, it can be a little weird and sketchy, but like it's but the weird and sketchy is what makes it so that's amazing. How it happens. Like, that's what's so beautiful <laughs> it about it. Be. Yeah. Like it's so wild. Like, you know, like the, the places that have gone in, like, you know, there's the record store that they've, they've left now, but oh, they, they have, oh. well just recently, oh. but, um, but it was just great, all the things that they'd done. I just went to go my wife to go see the uh they put on a play in the old Victoria's Secret
1: did they really yeah which
0: was like beautiful oh, it was my like God. such a bizarre and interesting like uh uh Samuel Beckett play that they put on there <laughs> that it was just it was so it was just bizarre and beautiful. And so much fun. And in the old Victoria's Secret, which oh you might have not known, but you probably could. as a retail, I, All as the a fixtures retail, are still the, there
1: in all those spaces, the, basically. The forms are all still there. Yeah. So if you
0: remember what a, what a Victoria's Secret looked like, you'd know where you're at. <laughs> but it was just so fascinating.
1: It is funny how little it takes to telegraph those spaces. Oh, like we We true. did a pop-up event in the Ulta, and it looked so Ulta, even though it had right? no Ulta stuff left in it.
0: It's amazing. Like, yeah. When I think about that in terms of again being a retail designer and like the the language of a store and yeah. just just uh, what the architecture of the inside of the store looks like and how that conveys all of that is just without anything without any branding without any clothes without any barely the color the color's kind of there <laughs> but it's just like but you know what it is yeah. like you can you a lot can of feel discolored it.
1: patches on oh, right. the floor where <laughs> right things exactly. used to be sitting
0: uh-huh so but it, that's so amazing and i feel like that's that's so impressive and beautiful and uh I really do love what they've been doing, even if it is maybe not long for this world because well, uh, yeah, eventually, it's, it's it, you know, in many ways, you're able to do it because you know what's coming next yeah. and that no one necessarily wants to buy into this place because it feels like its days are numbered. But in the meantime, the magic that is happening here is like all of the energy and excitement and the just the risk taking that you're able to do is just it feels like the most special and very like Portland thing that and and I'm very happy that it's that I that I'm here to see it a little bit yeah like that I feel very happy for that
1: and that you're kind of contributing to it by working well, with X-ray in, 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 in yeah. my own way yeah
0: and so like that again like that felt very, that felt great yeah. and so I really am happy about that and so I hope. I hope all the
1: listeners tune into X-Ray uh, yeah. at some point or another, even so speaking, if not my show, anybody's show. Speaking of that, how do people do that? How do people find X-Ray?
0: So you can go, you know, if you're in Portland, you can turn to 107.1 FM or, what is it, 91? Yeah, 91.1 FM. Uh, so those are the two that are in town. 107.1 is a stronger signal. And we've been expanding. You can even get it on, on the coast now. Yeah,
1: out in the Halem. Yeah, in the
0: Halem. So that's really nice. Uh, so my show is on Saturdays from 5 to 6, A Century of Slang is its name, and that's great. But the thing is, like, there's so many unbelievably talented DJs who know so much about so much different music that there's, it's hard to find a bad time to tune in. Uh, so, yeah, if, if that's of interest, you should definitely do that. And again, or you go to xray.fm on the internet and you could tune in from there as well
1: yeah anywhere in the world you can can hear this show and all the other shows
0: and back shows
1: yeah so yeah yeah yeah. they're all archived
0: like so all 34 episodes that i've done thus far are up there somewhere so you you don't ever feel like you've missed anything
1: (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to miss a thing oh thank you Please don't copyright match me, please YouTube. I literally I got a copyright strike for singing the worst parody rendition of Candle in the Wind. Oh my god, <laughs> oh my really? God.
0: How much did Just you think so- of
1: it? I, I mean, they. I-, I think what is happening is that they're monetizing the video, but they're paying it back to uh, to to the original Candle in the Wind writers. I don't know. I don't know if that was Elton John or somebody else, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you know how weird that world is. <laughs> um, if people want to find out more about your work, Brandon, where, where do they do that? So my my website,
0: uh, which is brandononline.co, uh, has all of my design work and all of my illustration work and things like that. But I'm on Instagram under uh, probably the not the easiest name to find, but it's B is in for my first name. And as in Brandon, and then (laughs) H-R-Y-C-Y-K as my last name, Horitzik. So that long combination of of letters is where you could find me on Instagram.
1: Yeah, you pronounced it exactly the way that some of my pronunciation websites that I checked out before the show said it, where they just spelled it as a recording. No, that's nothing. I can spell it.
0: Yeah, so that's that's where most of my work is. Uh, like I said, all the stuff that I've made available for the internet is up there.
1: It's beautiful. Uh, go check it out. Um, thank you so much, Brandon. Thank, thank you, you so much, for much being Sean. Here. I
0: love your show, and I really am happy that you oh,
1: had me. I'm very grateful. So, this so... was a lot of fun. I love your show. It's it's a really beautiful musical time. Well, thank you. I do appreciate it. Um, and thank you also everyone who is hearing this. If you like this show, whether you're hearing it for the first time or you're an old listener, you're an old listener. Maybe maybe (laughs) dressed up clump style in a costume or maybe actually old who knows (laughs) um then you can subscribe to it in whatever podcast player you happen to use uh easiest way is just search for the show's title but you know, if you want to simplify that, why not pay a visit to our website, Did I do design. There you can find some good, good images that go along with each and every episode, including this one. And if you want those images del- del- delivered <laughs> directly to you, uh, you can follow the show on Instagram. Uh, give us a follow on YouTube and LinkedIn, of course, as well. Uh, this is Did I Do That. I'm Sean Schumacher. And as we always say, at the end of every episode. Uh, I didn't do it. You, can't, you, didn't, you, didn't, you
0: didn't see me do it. You can't prove anything.
1: I didn't do it. You didn't see didn't me do, do it. it. Okay, bye. bye.
0: <laughs> I've been tricking and been and, and fooling uh, telemarketers for as long as I've been alive. <laughs>
1: Oh God, that's gotta be. Oh, it's it's actually kind of funny. That's actually got to be the perfect thing. It's pretty great. It's yeah. Like,
0: hello, can I please speak to Brent? <laughs> they'll be like that. They'll be like the auto will like just stumble and like I don't know what to say. Well, I've <laughs> even
1: had that with mine because I mean Schumacher is I think just complicated enough oh, that they for sure. will. I, I've actually had one telemarketer go, "Hello, I'm I'm uh, hoping to speak to Mister." And then just hang up, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. But, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I I admire that more than almost anything else. <laughs> Your name's doing all the work for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it saved me the trouble. So, you know, he he had the wisdom to bail when he he did not have the courage to succeed.
0: Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> look at that. Oh yeah. Oh, look at those beans. <laughs>
1: Those beans though. Roll that beautiful beans. So <laughs> well, uh yeah, that's gonna be
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh I love oh, that. God. What am I doing with my life? No, I
0: I think it's great. And even the shoes